Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So there's a misconception that if you're single, you are incomplete perhaps damaged, salvaged, and you won't be happy until you find your one. And that is not true. That is bullshit. It is a message that has been fed to us by media and advertising. The truth is, when you're single, you have the richest soil for growth. That's why I created this podcast. And unlike other podcasts, this one is host-driven, not guest-driven. That means I will be rotating health and wellness experts three times a week to give you the giant box of wellness crayons not just the primary colors, so you can start building a meaningful life. It's time to give singlehood a cape. You are in for a treat today. I'm super excited to introduce today's host, Dr. Nina Polline. She sits with me on the Wondermind Advisory Board, and she is California-based, like I am. Uh, we're both Tupac and <laughs> West Coast. Um, she's a licensed clinical psychologist and business consultant. She's inhabited many professional roles, such as a clinical professor, author, and speaker. And she helps her community by highlighting and translating the relationship between emotional, physical, and spiritual wellness in order to explore and discover our most authentic, empowering selves. Additionally, she is a couple therapist expert and um enjoys helping individuals create mindful, healthy, and playful, playful connection. I think we need more play in our lives for sure. Her intention is to break down important wellness topics while mixing it up with her vivacious personality and spirited humor. Dr. Nina can be found on Instagram at D-R-N-I-N-A-P-O-L-Y-N-E. And uh, she may be spitting something on her own, or she may be bringing on a guest. Either way, you're going to love her. There's so much wisdom in not only what she says, but also I love how she presents herself. Enjoy. Dr. Nina here. Welcome to today's episode on how to cope with loneliness and social isolation. We're going to tackle the definitions of loneliness and social isolation and the pandemic's impact on our social wellness and share some tools to manage feelings of loneliness. When I thought about covering this topic, I didn't want to do it alone. So I could not be happier to welcome my very dear friend, Dr. Carissa, to help me explore this topic. She's an ACT expert, short for Acceptance and Commitment Therapy, and her practice is located in Los Angeles. She wrote an incredible book called Reclaim Your Life, Acceptance and Commitment Therapy in Seven Weeks. On a more personal front, Dr. Chris and I trained in graduate school together, so you know we have all the tea. We probably won't spill all of it today but we promise to keep things lively. Dr. Carissa is one of the most kind-hearted and loyal friends and incredibly hilarious. Most of my fondest memories and celebratory moments are with her by my side. Dr. Carissa, welcome to the Single on Purpose podcast. I'd love if you could introduce yourself to the listeners. Yeah, thank you so much. That was such a sweet intro. Yeah, of course. Um, 
Yeah. So I'm really happy to be here. Um, and like you said, uh, I'm also a licensed clinical psychologist in California, um, specifically in the Calabasas area and specialize in um, acceptance and commitment therapy. Wonderful. Beautiful. So what's new with you? So I know we always talk about shows and yeah. what's been streaming lately. Uh, yeah. What have you been watching? Yeah, a few different things. Um, I was thinking about that. And actually, one of the shows that I watched recently, I don't know if you've heard of it. It's a little bit like obscure, perhaps, but mm. Paul T. I think Goldman, which no. I think it's like a very interesting show, especially with our topic today of kind of like loneliness. Um, I would really encourage you and, and also kind of uh, the listeners to check it out. It's very interesting, a little different, but very, very interesting. Okay. So I'll definitely have to check that out. Mm -hmm. I was thinking the last show, like I really got into was Insecure on HBO. Yeah. That was such a great show. I'm really sad that that's over. Me too. Like Issa Rae is a freaking genius and such an incredible writer and yeah. creator. And I just haven't seen a show like that lately. So yeah. Issa come back. I think she did come back with another show. So maybe I need to check that one out. Yeah. But that was also a really good show kind of like relationally um, right. about kind of like people in I guess like maybe not early adulthood, but, you know, still navigating kind of like their social networks and trying to find like connections, managing mm -hmm. difficulties and friendships and romantic relationships. That was yes. a big theme. But yeah, that was such a fantastic show. Yeah. So great. So funny. Mm -hmm. um, and I know that you're a big music fan as well. Have mm -hmm. you been like, what's your favorite festival or concert that you've been to like in your whole life? In my whole life. Yeah. The, the first thing that comes to mind um, I really like Tame Impala and we, we were Ooh. fortunate enough to see them at Coachella pre-COVID. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Pre-COVID, pre-parenthood. Um, we got to Coachella before everything shut down. <laughs> yeah. And before you had parent responsibilities. Yep, yep. It would be a lot harder to go now. And that's like very chill music. Isn't yes. it? Isn't Tame Impala? Isn't it kind of like smooth, like electronic music yes. or? Yeah, okay. I love it. I love oh, it. Oh, that is so have, amazing. I don't know if I know this about you. Do you have like a favorite band or like, what's your favorite concert that you've been to? I, I, it's, it's hard to pick because yeah. I just love every concert that I go to. I'd say but like the most few recently. Yeah, I'd say um, I just recently saw Kid Cudi and this was maybe for okay. like the second time that and oh, I went with my brother. My brother's like a huge fan and I got into Kid Cudi through my brother. So yeah. I was home in Chicago and we went to go see a show together and it was incredible. I mean, oh, he's great. so such great energy live. And I yeah. think that makes a difference when somebody has really good energy. Like I've seen yeah. like other like huge artists and if they're like just standing on the stage and staring at the crowd. I'm like, what is going on? Like yeah. move your body a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I've never seen him in concert. He has some really interesting songs too, especially about like mental health. A hundred percent. Yeah. Like he has this great, um, I think it's a documentary on Amazon prime where okay, he talks about his like, you know, history of mental health. And he talks about like the impact that, uh, you know, at least I guess his friends talk about the impact that he's had on the hip hop community. Cause he's like yeah. one of the first artists to really talk about his mental health journey yeah. and, you know, the suicidal ideation that he's had in the past, yeah. et cetera. So I think he's just really courageous and brave to put that in his music so that other people can really identify yeah. and relate. So, um, yeah, such great artists. Like we could be here forever and talk about every <laughs> single artist, but, um, you know, 
know, I'm always interested about life purpose and like what gets us to, you know, the profession that we end up pursuing. Mm -hmm. Um, What is, I guess, you know, if you could make it brief, I know we could probably spend a whole hour on this, but like, what do you think it was about being a psychologist that really stood out to you? Yeah. So I, I identified very kind of like early on in my life that I wanted to go into this field um, right around the age that I started to become more aware of kind of just like all the suffering in the world. Um, and I think that's also why I gravitated towards ACT uh, is because there's kind of like a, an understanding of kind of like suffering as a part of the human experience. But I wanted to help people, I don't guess, like learn ways of kind of like managing that, like through things like acceptance and compassion and also I don't know, I guess like connect to, to meaning and purpose, you know, embracing kind of the suffering, but, you know, staying engaged in your life and the things that you care about, the things that you value, which super consistent with the acceptance and commitment therapy approach for those of you guys that it might be new to. Mm -hmm. That's so beautiful. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, like I, I didn't know I wanted to be a psychologist until maybe like later in my journey. So I started out with a science major. I had two major science in, in Spanish and I thought for sure, like I wanted to be a medical physician and, um, I started working in a fertility clinic for a while. Yeah. Yeah. And like, while I was there, I was doing research and I thought to myself like, Oh, what is the connection between like folks who are, you know, um, kind of struggling to conceive and our mental health. There's so much pressure when it comes to having a child and, you know, external pressure from family members, like, Oh, you you're together. What's the next step. And just the pressure. I saw that in the couples that I would see just during like the research I was doing. And I was like, well, what is the connection between fertility and our mental health? And I remember the physician I worked with at the time, he's like, you're in the wrong field. <laughs> he's like, I think yeah. this is more like psychologist type yeah. like studies. And um, I just became really passionate about like that mind body connection and then later yeah. the connection to spirit. And so yeah. um, it kind of evolved over time. And I always say, Um, And especially for those of you who are listening to that are like, oh, should my path just be like one way? For me, it was like, I was kind of all over the place. And then I combined everything that I felt really Mm -hmm. passionate about. Mm -hmm. And then I kind of, that's how I came to this career. And I felt like even in our field of psychology, there's so many different kinds of psychologists. So I feel like it's such a vast array of like different types of things you can do with it. So you know, and here we are. And, you know, that's how we met was through graduate school. So, you know, we were able to like connect and have fun. And I think the thing that we did so well was we took school seriously, but Mm -hmm. we also had a lot of fun outside of school. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Which is so needed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It's so needed. Um, It's good to have like your purpose and work hard and at the same time have fun and stay present in the process. And I think that's how like we connected as friends. So I'm glad that we picked each other up on the journey. (laughs) Yeah, me too. And to have that social support, you know, like it makes such a difference. Um, 100%. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So 
we are here to talk about loneliness. Mm -hmm. So um, this is a topic that has been coming up a lot, like in the news mm -hmm. and editorials, et cetera. And um, Dr. Chris and I decided to cover this just to give you guys a little bit more information on what exactly is loneliness, how to know if you're feeling it, um, and then what to do about it. We'll spend a little bit of time on that today as well. So Dr. Chris, I'd love to hear from you about what is loneliness? Like what exactly is that? Yeah. Yeah. So it was interesting. I learned actually um, more about loneliness, it just kind of like in preparation for, you know, today's podcast. And I guess that there's different kinds. So there's reactive loneliness that people can experience after something like a loss or a divorce. And then there's chronic loneliness, which I guess they define as kind of like lacking the emotional, mental resources that people kind of need um, to satisfy their social needs. And, and that's what's particularly problematic is when loneliness is kind of chronic. Um, and it's a lot more about the person's kind of perception or their felt experience, right? So you can be, loneliness, you know, can occur even when you're surrounded by people. Um, but it's more about, I guess, that perceived support. And it's not the same as kind of chosen solitude, but it's really defined by people's level of satisfaction with their connection. Are there, you know, perceived level of connection? Mm, that's so interesting. There's so mm -hmm. many pieces I want to like process a little bit more. So for some people, it sounds like they can choose to be alone and not feel lonely. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's such an important like part that you're highlighting for people mm -hmm. is that like just because you're living alone, of course, this podcast is called Single on Purpose. Mm -hmm. So many yep. people might be living alone um, and not feel the loneliness. Mm -hmm. However, when it's like you said, when the loneliness is exacerbated, you're feeling it for a really long time. That's when it becomes problematic. So that yeah. makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah. So I have another question for you just around like the difference um, between social isolation and loneliness. Like, is there a difference between the two? Yes. Yeah. It's not the same thing, right? So people can be isolated or perhaps it's like chosen solitude, mm -hmm. but if they're satisfied with that, that's, that's different than loneliness. You know, mm. it's really about kind of like that, the quality of their connections and right. their, their needs in the first place. And there are like individual differences in terms of our needs for kind of connection. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I also feel like, you know, thinking about some of the clients that I've worked with, there's people that have a lot of friends or acquaintances, but are really lacking in kind of like the depth of connection that they want um, and still feel that loneliness. Mm. And even just like after the pandemic, it mm -hmm. seems like a lot of people are experiencing just like you said, like this chronic loneliness where we're sort of like used to being in the pandemic, used yeah. to being socially isolated. Yeah. And now it's kind of continuing where we're like, oh, should we even try to connect anymore? What yeah. is all that about? Like with the I pandemic? Know, it's very interesting, right? So um, there was like a survey where it showed almost like 60% of respondents have not returned to pre-pandemic activities wow. um, because people have just kind of like gotten out of the habit of socializing. Um, and it seems to have really kind of like, unfortunately, impacted young adults. So 43% of young adults reported an increase in loneliness since the pandemic. And yeah, it seems like especially kind of like that younger generation, mm -hmm. um, you know, that's still working to kind of cultivate their social networks and communities have really unfortunately been impacted by, by the pandemic. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Gosh, that's so unfortunate because like I think about all the times where I felt most connected to other people and just like the joy that you feel in your heart and like how you feel in your body. It's so expansive when you have people that you can connect to on a deep level. So it's so hard for people. And I think a lot of people can connect to what you're saying that they just feel so disconnected. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, how we were talking about how fortunate we were to have, you know, each other um, and other members of our cohort to kind of provide that support when we were going through graduate school. Imagine Mm -hmm. um, had COVID hit during that time, how much more stressful that would have been. Oh gosh, I know. Like my heart goes out to all those folks, all of you out there that are like in college right now or were during the pandemic and, you know, just trying to get on your, your course, like virtual, like Mm -hmm. meetings and trying to connect virtually. It's just so hard. Like a big part of, you know, learning and being in those environments is connecting to others, um, on a human level. So that is so tough. Do you feel like there's an increased risk if you're single to, you know, feeling lonely? Perhaps. Right. So like, it is clear that like social isolation is increasing more than a quarter of the population lives alone, which is like the highest rate we have ever recorded. Mm. More than half the population is unmarried. Um, Marriage rates and the number of children per household have declined. There's also a decline in kind of like involvement in institutions that can provide connection. So there's a lot of factors that are increasing loneliness, but I don't think that, you know, of course, like just being unmarried or something like that means that people are lonely. I think that there's a number of ways that people like, so long as you have like the depth of connection, um, in some, some form, I think, you know, that's what's needed, but you can be married and feel very alone or isolated. You could have a lot of, you know, superficial friendships and feel very alone. It's, it's really that felt experience. But one thing that seems pretty clear to me, again, there's individual differences, but I really think as human beings, we long for connection. Um, that's one of the things that I really like highlight in my work with clients is um, connection and also purpose, that those things seem pretty fundamental to our, our mental health, that we need to be connected to others in some way. And again, that could look different for different people. Uh, doesn't have to be married. It doesn't have to be any particular way, but we need connections and we, and we also need connection to some, some kind of purpose in our lives, something that holds meaning or value to us. I love that. I love that connection with our social circle and then also our life purpose. That's all a part of it. And I like that you highlight that in the work that you do. And I also like what you said around like, what is our relationship to ourself? Um, Because you can be like you said, in a relationship and just wildly unhappy, mm-hmm. lonely, um, yeah. feeling isolated, feeling like you don't, you're not understood. And yeah. so focusing on some of the practices that we have for ourselves in order to connect to self might help us when we're feeling lonely. Yes. So yeah. yeah. And it highlights something that I was super, um, that really stood out to me and kind of like the research on loneliness. I thought it was just like absolutely fascinating. So, you know, you would think 
that, okay, well, if you're lonely, the solution is to kind of just like focus on connecting with other people, right? But mm -hmm. that's, I mean, that's partially true, but they actually found that turning inward and focusing on negative thoughts that underlie feelings of loneliness had a greater impact than interventions that were just focused on increasing opportunities for social interaction. So it so speaks to what you just said, that it's not just about increasing, you know, our socialization with other people, but it starts with turning inward and focusing on negative thoughts that we often have about ourselves, like people don't like me or I'm not fun or, you know, all these kinds of things, that that is actually one of the biggest barriers that people experience when it comes to connecting with other people is just kind of um, thinking negatively about themselves. Mm -hmm. Wow. That is so powerful. Like mic drop moment, <laughs> because like, as you were talking, I was taking all of that in thinking to myself, like, you know, for any listener that's out there, that's like, okay, I'm going to listen to this podcast and just tell me what to do. Like, tell me what I need to do outwardly, like outside of my own experience mm -hmm. in order to cure this feeling of loneliness. Yeah. And I like the fact that you're saying, slow down, take a deep breath, and just recognize what is the feeling that you have? Are you lonely? Are you sad? Validate that feeling mm -hmm. that it's normal to feel these ways and like yeah. really process that through your body. Yeah. And then from there, you can maybe look outward once you've done a lot of that process work. But I like yeah. the fact that you're highlighting that it starts inward. Yep, absolutely. I always tell clients that I'm working with, your, your feelings are not a problem to be solved. Mm. Your feelings are not the problem because mm -hmm. so often people relate to their feelings like that. And it makes sense, right? Especially with something like loneliness, it doesn't feel good. It's not comfortable. We want to get rid of it as quickly as we can. But like you said, we kind of have to slow down, open up to the discomfort associated with our emotions like loneliness and listen you know, like, what is this telling me? It's telling me that I value connection. It's telling me that I want to take actions towards, you know, cultivating connections in my life. But part of that is probably going to be, you know, like I said, turning inwards, um, working on kind of your negative thoughts about yourself or how others might perceive you. Um, and then, you know, taking action. So when I think about ACT or acceptance and commitment therapy, it's, it's all about kind of understanding that the ways that we think um, are just kind of like stories that we tell ourselves, right? So not getting too tied up in some of the thoughts that we have, especially about, well, other people don't like me. I'm boring. I'm not fun. I'm not interesting. All those thoughts that can occur, just kind of knowing that their thoughts, their mental events, we don't have to buy into them or believe them. Opening up um, to painful feelings, like, you know, in this case, things that come to mind are like, fear of rejection, um, fear of judgment, not letting that get in the way either, kind of just knowing that that's, you know, those fears can come along for the ride and then taking action, you know, which is why it's called act in the first place and not like ACT. And that's where it's, you know, important to kind of like pursue social connections. Um, but another thing that I thought was really interesting was that supporting others can be more beneficial mm. than receiving support. Yeah, so, that's interesting because yeah. some people feel so tired that they yeah. like can't, they are like, I can't, I can't help this other person. Like I'm yeah. having so many problems, but this is cool. Yeah. Tell us more. Yeah. So one of the things that I like to tell clients is like one of the best ways to get what we want is actually to give it. <laughs> so, so if people are 
wanting to feel more supported by others, it might be best to try to, to try to give support. <laughs> and like you said, like maybe people feel like they're not in a place to do that. And maybe they're not, um, maybe that's the case, but it's something to consider, you know? So if you're listening and you're feeling lonely, instead of just focusing on, you know, increasing your, you know, opportunities to connect, see if you might focus on the ways that you think and feel about yourself and, and also see if you can find opportunities to support other people. Mm, I love that. I love the idea of like helping someone else. Like that always makes us feel good. Of course, like you want to make sure that your cup is full before yeah. you, you know, yeah. outwardly, um, you know, share what your energy is to other people. However, like that is such an important way to find meaning and connection and you see the smile on that other person's face you know yeah. when you're helping them and that's just like a shared exchange that's just so so beautiful so I love that you're highlighting that mm -hmm. and I was thinking too Dr. Carissa about like um you know this whole avoidance that we have for yeah. connection because like there's that whole like you know inward avoidance or, or maybe just like the inward avoidance of like I'll go somewhere but I'm scared to talk to people. Like I'll go to a social mm -hmm. event, but like, I don't want to open my mouth and say the wrong thing. Yeah. Or there's just that, like, what if someone rejects me? So I just don't even want to go. So yeah. like, what do you do with that? I know it's interesting. There's so many different kinds of avoidance, right? And like what you're talking about is kind of like situational avoidance. Mm -hmm. Like I don't want to open my mouth and say the wrong thing or put myself right. in an environment. And then there's that internal avoidance too, which is the other barrier. Like I don't want to open up to the feelings of, you know, um, feeling disliked, feeling rejected, feeling judged. And we have to open up to all of it. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, we have to be open to all of it in order right. to pursue the things that we care about. So push through the anxiety, um, because on the other side, there's bliss in that connection that you might have with other people. So if you're listening and you're like, Oh, I don't know. I, I don't know if I can go, you know, to that party or go to that baseball mm -hmm. game, push through it because on the other side, you'll realize, wow, like I actually had a good time and maybe you meet a friend or two while you're there and you decide to hang out again. And so, uh, there's definitely opportunity for us to kind of like work with some of the loneliness that we're feeling, um, and to feel more connected. Um, so I, I think we've covered for the most part, like internal coping skills. Is there anything that we missed internal in, in terms of like, what do we do for ourselves? Yeah. Like when we're feeling lonely? Yeah. Well, I guess one thing that we haven't especially highlighted is like the importance of compassion, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I talked a little bit about kind of like diffusing or unhooking from some of kind of like the thoughts that we might have about ourselves. Um, like I'm boring or people don't like me. Um, those kinds of like self-judgments, just like not getting bought into those, just knowing that this is kind of like a narrative that we might, you know, like almost like a song that might play in our brain sometimes, but that we don't have to get stuck on it or listen to it. And the, and the emotional part opening up to like feelings like rejection or judgment or fear basically is, is what we're talking about. But compassion, I think is really important. And I, I want to highlight that, that this is part of the human experience, this longing for connection and fears of rejection, um, that you're not alone in that. So even if you're feeling alone, know that, you know, you're not alone in that experience, that that's part of the human experience. Um, and, and hold those feelings with kindness as you take actions to 
to cultivate connections in your own life. Most of all, perhaps your connection with yourself. Mm, I felt that when you said, hold those feelings with kindness. Mm -hmm. I feel like we need a little bit more of that towards ourselves in this world. Um, we're so hard on ourselves. Yeah. And I like that, that, that idea of like thinking of your negative thoughts as a song yeah. that, you know, you don't have to listen to. Yep. It can, it can be in the background. You can wish that you could turn it off, you know, um, but sometimes our thoughts are like that, you know, we just, we can't just turn them off and, or we can't just like, you know, skip to the next song or something like that. Our mind has a way of kind of telling us things and, and it doesn't mean that we have to listen to it. We can acknowledge that it's there, but we can let it kind of play in the background and take, you know, take actions in our life that help move us towards the things that we care about, like connecting mm. with other people. We don't want loneliness to be kind of self-perpetuating um, and get stuck on those kinds of negative thoughts or get stuck in avoidance of, um, you know, avoiding our internal feelings or avoiding taking actions and just isolating ourselves. I think it's pretty apparent that, especially in this case, that just perpetuates the problem. I love what you're saying because I think a lot of us are scared to feel. Mm -hmm. So then we like, you know, overpack our day and we get, you know, we decide to like pack our schedule with 10 or 12 things that we're up to or try to distract ourselves. Yeah. And I like the fact that you're just normalizing the feelings, normalizing the thoughts that come up for us. Yeah. And, you know, we're just human and allowing ourselves to feel those emotions and letting them move through us will allow more space for us to connect on a deeper level, not only with ourselves, but with other people. And I think that is so inspiring. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Again, your feelings are not a part of the problem. They're just, you know, part of being human, like the difficult feelings and the fears of judgment and loneliness and the desire for connection, all of that. It's just, you know, the way we're built. And even just listening to the sound of your voice, like, I mean, I already know you're a great therapist in the room, just kind of like, it's so soothing to me. And like, it makes me feel like, you know what, like, I'll be okay. Like, if you're listening, we're okay. Like, yeah. this is good. Um, so let's transition to external coping strategies. So if you're feeling lonely, of course, the first step is to validate that feeling. Yeah. Um, and all of what Dr. Chris had just shared. Now, what do we do to connect to the other? So we talked a little bit already about helping someone else, how mm -hmm. great that can be for someone. Um, are there any other ways that we can sort of cope externally, like outside of our environment in order to yeah. heal or just kind of, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think especially, you know, with values in mind, connecting to groups and communities that you find meaningful. I think thinking of kind of like external you know, actions that people can take, that that's especially important. I think that's great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's like finding the things that you feel excited about. Yeah. Like you don't have to like play, I don't know, soccer. If you're not a soccer star, no. like you don't like it, like make sure it's something that you really actually like and enjoy, or maybe it's something that you really loved as a kid that you maybe yeah. want to get back into again. Yeah. Yeah. That's another thing that can be kind of lacking, especially with kind of, I don't know, some of the trouble that people have had returning to like pre-pandemic activities is like just getting out of the habit of doing social things or getting out of the habit of doing things that we, that we used to enjoy. Mm -hmm. um, and just like we need connection in our lives, we need, we need pleasure. We need fun. Um, paying attention to the things that kind of like light you up and excite you is really important. 
I think that's a great tip. And, you know, we know what that feels like in our body. So if you're like, I don't even know what I want to do. Think about the times where you feel totally like in tune with your body. Maybe you feel a tingling sensation Mm -hmm. Um, that might give you a clue as to like what you feel excited by. Um, And I love that fact that you're highlighting that pleasure is a really important piece of how we live our life. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. And it makes me think kind of like also of depression, which I think can, can come along with some of what we're talking about. Um, so I mentioned that like, you know, 43% of young adults reported an increase in loneliness since the pandemic. Young adults also suffer higher rates of, um, you know, anxiety and depression. I think it's about 63%. Wow. And sometimes when people are feeling depressed, especially, um, are anxious, right? Like both of those things can get in the way of, connecting with other people. It's, it's natural when people are depressed to kind of withdraw. Um, and people, when they're depressed too, they tend to kind of underestimate like how enjoyable something might be, or it's just, it's not our tendencies, right? When we're depressed to engage socially Mm. or to even attempt to do the things that we used to enjoy, but that's exactly what's needed. Right. So it it makes, you know, opposite action, doing the opposite of what you feel like doing all that much more important. So if you're feeling lonely, if you're feeling, you know, depressed, don't give into those kinds of urges to withdraw, to isolate, connect, connect and engage. Hmm. I know that's probably hitting a lot of you out there because I think we've all been through phases of like these last mm-hmm. three years where we yeah. felt that way. Um, I was even thinking while you were sharing just about my own experience in the mm-hmm. pandemic and how, you know, of course, we're all, we all have virtual fatigue at this point, right? Like Zoom fatigue, all the things. Um, But I remember during the pandemic, I had a, a, it was a social group of like three or four of us that would get together on Friday nights and just sing together. These are college Mm -hmm. friends that I've had Mm -hmm. for a very long time. And we would just, we would kind of like join together. We would sing songs that we were really excited Mm -hmm. by and sing harmony. And there's something so, yeah. And there's just something so like, grounding to the nervous system. There's so much research on singing, hearing your voice, hearing the voice of someone else that's so calming to us. And so maybe it's not singing for you, but maybe it's something else that you really enjoy that you want to do with other people. Mm-hmm. And like you were saying, it's really doing the opposite approach. There's so many times I'm sure during the pandemic and also now that the listeners might be feeling like, well, I don't feel like engaging. I don't right. feel like, you know, yeah, maybe I, maybe that would be fun, but I'd rather sit here and watch Netflix on my own. Yeah. And I like the fact that you're saying that that's really not, we, we've got to do the opposite of that. Yep, exactly. So avoidance, um, it just perpetuates and maintains mm-hmm, all these mm-hmm. things that we're talking about. It just perpetuates and maintains loneliness and depression and all of that. Um, so yes, of course, it's easier and, and in the moment might feel better to just kind of like stay at home and watch Netflix, but try to push yourself, you know, try to yeah. push yourself to, to do something. Different. And maybe find like an accountability buddy if you feel mm-hmm. like, you know, it's, it resonates with someone else and say, okay, you know, even if it's someone from a different state that you live in that you're very mm-hmm. close to, hey, we're both going to go to something social this weekend. Let's check in after to see how we did. Yeah. Um, just I think that could be really helpful too. Yeah. And what about, you mentioned a few barriers to like connection, which is mm-hmm. like the depression, the feelings of loneliness that could go into the feelings of like the fear of rejection yeah. and that sort of like exacerbating the loneliness. So what if, you know, if we're not feeling like connecting and we want to do the opposite, 
how do we push past that fear? Yeah. And it's, it's kind of about bringing it along for the ride, right? We don't have to like get rid of the fear um, or even like push past it. We just have to say, yep, I'm scared. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I'm afraid of rejection. I don't feel, you know, good about myself. I don't feel like going and I'm going to do it anyways. And Mm. I'm going to see what happens. Um, I'm going to give myself kind of this opportunity um, to connect and just see what happens, just to be open, you know, open to allowing yourself, open to the thoughts that might arise, open to the feelings that are going to show up and engaging. Mm. So open anyway, if you're listening and you're not sure if you want to take that first step, like Dr. Carissa said, open anyways. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think we covered loneliness. We got through the definition of loneliness. We talked about the ACT approach to loneliness, Mm -hmm. some coping skills, both most importantly, the internal coping skills, Mm -hmm. and then also some external. So how do we push past? And well, you said don't push past but open anyway. How do we open anyway? (laughs) Um, And we are here to encourage you. So we want this to be an episode that shows you that you're not alone Mm -hmm. um, and that many of us have felt lonely. This is a loneliness epidemic right now, right, Dr. Carissa? Yeah. So many people, you know, especially Mm -hmm. in light of the pandemic and, you know, all the kinds of changes uh, that we've experienced in society. Right. And so when we're out there taking that next step and, you know, making an effort to connect, remember that those people around you are also making an effort to connect as well. Even if they don't show it on their face, they're also taking those steps. And that sense of self-compassion, like you shared, Dr. Carissa, was so, so, so important. Um, And so I want to thank you, Dr. Carissa, for joining me for this very important episode um, that I know is so important. Yeah, of course, of (laughs) course. Um, And it's also just such a pleasure for me to do this with such a dear friend of mine. Um, So where can people find you on social, et cetera? Yeah, uh, probably the best place would be my website, um, which is just www.drcarissagustafson.com. Okay, perfect. Um, So we'll put some of the, in the show notes, we'll put our contact information. Um, So this is Dr. Nina. You can find me on Instagram at Dr. Nina uh, Polinay. And again, we thank you guys for listening. Um, Remember that this is not therapy or medical advice, but we hope you picked up a gem or two for yourself or for a friend. Uh, Remember that we're all in this together. Dr. Carissa, thank you for an incredible episode. Thank you. I hope that episode was helpful. Hey, listen, if you want to share your singlehood journey, if you've gone somewhere, come back. If you have revelations and wisdom, please share your story. It's going to help other people. Nothing makes us feel more connected than hearing other people's stories. So just send me the audio of your story and you could just record it directly from your phone and email it to theangrytherapist at gmail.com. Also, if you want our Single on Purpose newsletter, go to singleonpurpose.life. That's singleonpurpose.life. You will get tools and articles and other people's stories and also uh, Zoom links to private gathers. So if you want to join our community, go to singleonpurpose.life. Thank you for listening. Be well. We hope you tell a friend. Hey, before you go, I want to invite you to the Single on Purpose private community online. 
it's off of social media, no ads, no algorithms. We got forums, we got live groups, we got webinars, and we have social hangs. We also have offline in-person hangs happening soon. So check us out. Go to singleonpurpose.life. That's singleonpurpose.life. And I will see you inside.